I didn't want to leave you guys. Have you turned the steam room on or? <laughs> no, I think I'm just going to be cold for a little bit. <laughs> no. We'll fly through this relatively yeah, we quickly. Well, maybe maybe I will turn it on. Maybe I will turn it on. Let's see. <laughs> oh god, I'm gonna watch him die in on front of us. He starts to start. Gets pinker and pinker. He uh, starts stripping down <laughs> the way through. He playing the stripper. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone to Star Trek Trek Trek. This is our review of Past Prologue, the second episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, we're now fully into the uh, Bajoran arc, the Cardassian arc, as we explore what, what I think is a very good Major Kira episode and a good one for defining a little bit of Bajoran um, uh, culture, a little bit of how they were post post. Was not, do you know what? In my head, I nearly said post post occupation, not occupation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's where my head's at with all this now. Jesus Christ, the Cardassians are left and left of scraps. That's what it's like. Okay, uh, this one was directed by Winrich Winrich Kolbe, who um, I could tell there was some directorial flair. <laughs> absolutely, it was very well directed. Like we we mm. spoke about him before on Caretaker. And obviously, he, he directed Darmok, All Good Things, Blood Very very and Siege of AR five five eight. Very good stock with this one as well. Funnily enough, I found it out today as well that he also directed some episodes of Spencer, A Man for Hire, and A Man Called Hawk, which both feature uh, Avery Brooks. So it's like, yes, there's, there's, he probably just went, I know. Old friends. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Would you like some bad news about this episode, though? Um, this um. was written... By none other oh, I noticed this. Catherine yeah. Powers, who, if you weren't aware from our Code of Honor review, also wrote that episode. However, this she only wrote the story. The actual teleplay to put it onto uh, uh, TV screens was done by a guy called If you Pete. told me that she wrote the story and all of um, Tana Los's dialogue, I would believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the actual work was done by Peter Allen Fields, who was uh, responsible mm. for Half a Life or The Inner Light, Blood Oath, and In the Pale Moonlight. So I think, and Michael Pillar. I was going to say, I recognise that name, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's done a lot as well. My real important question, guys, is how do you feel about Garrick's first appearance in the show? Because I don't think that got me quite as hyped as seeing him appear Look. as the first shot. All I have to say is, if you haven't seen that, video. anyone, yeah, yeah, anyone who has not seen the video of Garrick and Bashir's first meeting set to like the Wii Shop channel music, it's brilliant. Um, with the captions of what both characters are absolutely canonically feeling. Do yourself a favor, pause this video, go watch that one, come back here. And then watch the episode again, and you will be unable to unsee it because it is integral to these characters. Um, yeah. Alexander Siddig and Andrew Robinson absolutely give that that step of appeal. Yeah, this is this is definitely the Garrick meme episode. You get that we meme, and you get the Garrick jazz hands meme going, and uh, you know Andrew Robinson's hitting the ground running. He's hitting the ground running. He's like, "Oh, you didn't want to give me Odo, did you?" Fine, I'm gonna just take this and chew the scenery so was he hard. Photo was he? Yeah, they. Oh, wow. Anyone who watches been... the sh the Shuttlepod One podcast, he was just a guest on not too oh, long ago, yeah. and they apparently brought him in a bunch of times just to steal his story. <laughs> they brought him a bunch <laughs> of times, and then they were like, "Oh, we're gonna bring you over this character." He's like, "No, screw it. I'm not gonna. <laughs> you brought me in too many times already. I'm not gonna do it anymore." Oh, wow. But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I hope it would have been a very different Odo. I, I can't even imagine Odo played by anyone else by Rene. That's that's mm. weird to think about. Um, yeah, as you say, he hits the ground running here. He is a little bit different than he is in his like later appearances. He's a bit more Cardassian, I suppose. Whereas, like, if you ask me to define season five, season six, Garrick, where he's a little bit more just avuncular, a little bit more like he's a little bit less. Um, I don't mm. want to say stayed because like. Garrick is never that, but he's just a little bit more Cardassian here. He is a bit more in common with Dukat, um, with the commander we have here, with the other Cardassians we've seen before, in terms of his delivery uh, and a little bit of his writing. But I think as you know, pretty much from his second appearance onwards, they refined that, and then he becomes way more like the Garrick we know. But it's interesting to see how that changed. But yeah, it's still Andrew Robinson. He still I fucking kills it. What I like is the fact that they play, you know, Star Trek has got its, you know, cultures and they're all just like one personality stereotype, aren't they? The Ferengi are Ferengi. Yeah, the planet of the hats. Klingons, yeah. you know. But this is what Garrett comes out and goes, I'm also a Cardassian. I'm a bit, I know, I'm a bit sort of more fruity talking. I'm a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit more sort of playful. And it was on this date. <laughs> it was on this date that Trek Trek got cancelled. <laughs> it's fine. You can say it. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, you can say But no, he is a little bit more playful, and but also sort of turned to that serious side. So it's like kind of go. You know, imagine if suddenly Quark turned out to be a very serious Starfleet officer in another in another turn. You know, it's kind of what Nog ends up being. You know, a little bit. And it's nice that DS9 early on is playing with these. Um, you know. Stereotypes. Yeah, countering the stereotypes we used to with, like, you know, how would that they present alien cultures, as it were. Um, yeah, and they, they, well, yeah, they're, they, they're good at adjusting, right? Like, Rom's characterization is very much like scheming Ferengi for the first couple yeah. episodes. And then they're like, no, no, that's that's bad for Rom. We're going to give Rom an entirely different personality. Yeah, it doesn't play to Max Grodenschick's um, strength, yeah. so let's change that. But this is also one of those things where everyone says DS9 is better than TNG, and to a degree it is, in, especially in certain ways. But, that is also a case of you're ignoring the fact that DS9 has the advantage of being a sequel series of a show that had really good, strong world building, and it's like five seasons of like established lore and culture and things to draw on, so that you get to play with the stereotypes, mm -hmm. and you get to play with these expectations and subvert them. If, you, if DS9 has started cold, then characters like Garrick and Quark and you know um, and Nog and Rom lose a little bit of their impact because you aren't familiar with what we're kind of meant to be like from TNG. So there is absolutely a strength in that as well. It's like there is such a strength. To... We live in a world now of interconnected movie and cinematic and TV universes where that's kind of like the, the it's the du jour. Everything is like that. But back in the day, that was a little bit le less common. I feel like. Mm. So getting to have that built-in investment from the viewer of, I understand what these characters are meant to be like, makes a big difference. It means you can just start really digging into the finer details of it, which DS9 was really good at. Definitely. Um, let's That's go to a fun fact. Fun fact. The Admiral mm. that Kira calls up. and Rollman. Uh, Admiral Rollman, yes. She was played by Susan Bay, who is none other than Leonard Nimoy's wife. If you didn't Wow. Know. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy bit of trivia. For an episode, uh, 
later in uh, another another season. But yes, Leonard Nimoy's wife. That's kind of crazy. Wow. Apparently, his connection had nothing to do with it. She just applied, and they went, "Yeah, sure." But well, maybe that had a little bit to do with it. Like, so who's your husband? Yeah. She does a good admiral. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. There's no nepotism in Hollywood. Absolutely. No, never, never. So Who are you related to, Shy? <laughs> no one, sadly. That's why I'm <laughs> in a sauna. Oh, come on. <laughs> in upstate New York. <laughs> um, we also get appearances from the Duras sisters as well. So it's like a little bit of yes. a, a kind of like, no, honestly, we're still Star Trek. Here's, here's something familiar mm. you recognize, but... I'll never not like the Dura sisters in anything. I really wear it like you know they. they it's great. a good trope. It, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like yeah. basic character archetypes, and yeah, I enjoy them every time. Yeah, they're they're perfect. Uh, we'll say cleavage twirling villains <laughs> <laughs> in the Star Trek universe. Like, I was picturing them like the Brazilian weather girl from that episode of The Simpsons where they go to Rio, and it's like, hey, Brazilian weather girl, put us in the right direction. She's like yeah. using little tassels. <laughs> so that's picturing the Duras sisters doing that, but they're pointing towards the next act of terrorism. That's right. So speaking of terrorism, um, we definitely mm. have the, the the plot line of um, you know. You know, and I think they do this several times in DS9 is the form of like, I used to be a terrorist, here I am, I promise I'm not doing terrorism, but actually I am. Um, <laughs> Oops, all terrorism, yeah. Yeah, and right. I want to speak to you guys about because we spoke a bit in the in the watch in the watch through um, is that con uh, Tanalos's motiv motivations. How did you find those? Because I, if anything, they were you know just what I found them was a bit misguided and a bit juvenile. But I just wondered what you guys thought. Um, so yes, misguided, juvenile, these are absolutely correct ad adjectives. I would also add on a very plain, stupid, uninformed, basic, uneducated, what the fuck were you thinking? And for all of these reasons on the above, I find them partly the most realistic thing about the entire episode. Very true, yeah. Right, because you, you find those people out there. There are those yeah. people who are in constant protest, constant rebellion mode where, you know, the only solution is to burn everything down and start it all over again. You know, it's a very narcissistic, only my solution is the correct solution mm. uh, yeah. to our ideal world that you see, sadly, too much in politics uh, all, you know, yeah. all across the spectrum. Yeah, um, it's, and it's, it's a complete it's lack nice. of self-criticism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was nice to see... Uh, that the guest star was uh, 80s hair, <laughs> 80s, men's, men's 80s hair. It was like, this yeah. was like, this guy was like a combination of Bruce Box, like their Bill Pullman, like Sean Bean's hair, all just merged into one as the guest star uh, terrorist. He definitely did. Well, I, I think I mentioned to you guys oh, that like, he looked like he'd stepped off the set of like the future yeah. war from Terminator. And I think you both cracked yeah. you both up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look like he's been in a war for decades or been like a hardcore terrorist. Like he's too clean. Like, and they make that effort when yeah. he's in sick bay. They pull the sort of the gown down and go, "Look at all these nasty oh, scars. scars." And there's like, but look at his face. He's just putting like makeup. He's come out. He's fresh as a daisy. Kira, come join me on my crusade, darling. And she's like, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I would say this is probably the, the biggest low point of the episode is the fact that this actor, I don't know what his name is, but he just does not sell terrorism. Makes <laughs> this maybe an odd thing to say, right? But like, Nana Visitor, Nana Visitor can sell terrorism. Um, um, to a degree, even though he's a little bit more like a little bit more boring. Um, the actor who played Ronan and Shakar, 
he can sell terrorism where it makes sense. Like Opaka, when these feel like real people, this guy does not feel like a real person in many respects. I don't understand how this character goes through life. Um because the combination of smarmy dickhead who constantly dicks over everyone around him and is being dickish even while they are actively working in his favor mm. and like terrorism they don't quite yeah. jive together and you could make it work if you had the right personality um if you had something more akin to mirror Burial when he turns up in season six where he's a bit more of a a kind of a, a, a charming avuncular rogue who kind of is a bit more cutting, a bit more cynical, that can work. But here, he's just an asshole. He feels like he should be in the same boardroom as Gordon Gecko or fucking Patrick Bateman with the way he acts <laughs> yeah. toward Kira. Well, he he, he's he has their hair. Bag. Yeah, exactly. He has yeah. the hair of both those guys, like versus yeah. yeah. the 80s guy. One character. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but he maybe is, that he's works. a 80s guy. Yeah. <laughs> But, um... Maybe it works because he's so his his worldview is so immature and mm. and uh, and narrow minded. Like maybe this actor's portrayal actually works for the character. It, it could do. Yeah. That's what I quite, I quite like this episode. Like, there's a lot of complaints for like DS9, early DS9, but this is one of the ones I think kind of gets going right out the gate to kind of define yeah. what 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 the kind of lines are. And I love it for a Kira episode because it kind of defines her lines as well. Like she's still mm. like she tries to you know she bends over backwards for Tadalos to kind of say like look I'm still a friend I'm still the terrorist you used to know but you know stuff's different now we have to you know I don't like Mister Cisco up there with his bad attitude towards me but you know <laughs> and she sort see of, that's the what? difference between between Kira and this guy right Kira is a freedom mm. fighter right like yeah. he, she she was a freedom this guy is a terrorist he's just looking for to commit acts of terrorism because yeah. because uh, you know his his dad didn't say I love you enough to him. <laughs> for sure, like prison well, camp. I think his dad may um, executed by the Cardassians. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. He was yeah, but he probably begged for that because he thought his like son had turned out like it's like oh god, get away. Um, <laughs> it is good that they had this episode because especially like right out of the gate, Kira makes an impression in emissary of being very, you know, she's very fighty. She is opposed to everything Starfleet. And I think the writers' room realized that that was a very strong impression, and they didn't necessarily need to dial it back, but they needed to codify it and go. Here are the lines that she will go within. This is like the outer limit, which is way, you know, way, way, way past you know what Cisco will do, but way, way less than what you know Tangalos will do. And here's her minimum limit, which is like you know in there. And you need to define that character bandwidth when you are dealing with a character who is essentially a terrorist slash freedom yeah. fighter slash your term of choice. Someone who deals in violence and who has that as part of their past, you need to define what kind of character they are, what they're capable of, and what they did early. Yeah. Right. Um, this is, this is nice otherwise, you set yourself up yeah. for a potential betrayal of the character later on, and they don't ever do that with Kira, which I appreciate. This is, this is a nice sort of example of... Um showing and not telling as well like cause i always, yes, love, I always yeah. refer to that any show that can do that really well showing not telling they do they show through kira's actions in her conversations with tada Los what exactly kind of person she is and like you say they don't betray it throughout the series they, they keep it to that limit they i think they kind of maybe they could have been a bit edgier with it but i think network television sort of says no your main cast okay. can't be terrorists but go on i might have to ruin this thing i just realized this is the same plot basically as defiant with Tom Riker. Uh, yeah, yeah, it kind of is without the deception though. 
Yeah, but he doesn't tear but off the... his sideburns or anything. <laughs> like that's that's the central premise. Of... But let's point out what... that one of you was it was it you stars that pointed out that his plan, the central plan, is idiotic because his idea is that we're going to destroy the wormhole and then the Federation of Cardassia will be gone. But they were around before the wormhole was even. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't give a fuck about the wormhole. The wormhole <laughs> isn't really all that important yet. It has the yeah. isn't a factor yet. Um, that is the point. But it's that kind of dials back more into the point of what I meant about the need for a, appropriate casting. Where guess what? Jonathan Frakes can absolutely sell a character that I'm invested in. I'm invested in Tom Riker and why he has this, you know, um, this complex and this need to terrorize and this need to fight. This guy Tanalos, he's basically a cipher for Kira, and that's fine. Because you're still in season one, you need to establish your characters. It's way more important to establish your main cast rather than yeah. your side characters to a degree. But it's just case I feel it's a little bit weaker of an episode as a result of it. I think that's where he suffers as a character is he is just the the fall yeah. of Kira at this point, or the, the he's more like yeah. the mirror to sort of show off Kira's good points as opposed to yeah. being more of a yeah. f- f- fleshed out character. I suppose yeah. maybe if he'd had spent a bit more time, maybe nuancing his vision, or maybe maybe mm. people just are idiots. And like you yeah. say, there are because uh, it's very telling. It's very telling that the the most effective foil for Kerosene is not with that guy. It's with Odo. Yes. Yeah. Which he's like. That's really good. It's a really good scene. We were talking about the. the, Yeah. uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you, but. You guys. Yeah. If you guys watch our sub watch alongs, um, if you ever notice us just suddenly stop talking mm. and watch and there's dead there's dead air, it's not usually because we don't have something to say, it's because we're invested yeah. in the scene and what's going on. And you will notice there is an incredible amount of dead air during that scene between Odo and Kira because both actors are killing it right out yeah. of the gate. And I feel like Nana Visitor is especially good at playing that role of I'm in too deep. Um, I don't know where to go from here. I'm like shell shocked. I'm traumatized, but I still have vulnerability. There is still something inside of me that fundamentally believes in something good, and that is a threat right now. Mm. And Odo is very good at bouncing off that. Like, reject, like God fucking knows how much we lost when we uh, lost mm. Renee Aubergineau, but like he is such a good consummate performer, and Odo is such a good mirror for her and their, their interplay is so perfect as you know collaborative collaborative and, and freedom fighter and they go there's so many good episodes built off of that relationship though mm. to come um even with like odo's really gaunt um early season makeup yeah, um, which they have yet to refine yeah but it's um, just like you just they have a, ma- a magnetism to them and i can absolutely see why they're like no let's lean into this this is really really good um that being said fuck all that shit um, I fucking love Cisco snapping Kira right oh, yeah. back. Done the Riker oh, <laughs> it's even better than the Riker Shelby snap back. It's even better than that, I feel like. Because he's mm. like physically positioning himself so that he's above her as a not-so-subtle reminder of, hey, I'm higher up the totem pole. I can fucking Cardassian kick you off the station like that. Yeah, no, he he's yeah. like, oh, classic Cardassian architecture, but I'll also use it to my advantage if I have to. <laughs> like, right, right. He he does he doesn't he doesn't like directly threaten her. He just sarcasms her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just 
Oh, let the admiral know next time you talk to her. Yeah. 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 And I'll have your eye on a flat. And it's the smile on his face. Like Cisco is really good at the threatening smile. It's so good. But at least like, she took the this hint. is a Kira like, episode, but every book steals every yeah. scene he's in. At least she kind of took the hint, whereas Bashir couldn't take a hint for his life. I think Garrick had oh, to explain dude. like 15 different times. Come to the shop. I have a suit for you and listen to our plan. And even when he gets in the wardrobe, he's there holding up the suit going, oh, do I look good in this? <laughs> it's like, like, oh, wait, shit, yes. Why look, he has zero brain, okay? He's just a wonderful himbo. Um, yeah. This, you know, I'm going to have to head that he's kind of like Data in that, like, all of the, the social issues, socialization issues he had as a, and that were corrected uh, as a result of his augmentation, he's still working through here just in a different way. And then as he grows as a person, he becomes more able to cat get the fucking hint. Because, <laughs> good God. Yeah. So useless. So useless in this episode. He's just dissuaded by the handsome Cardassian. Um, okay, some fun facts before we go to best and worst. Uh, first off... Was, was Quark in this episode? Quark was not. Neither was Jake. No. Quark and Jake were not oh, in this yeah. episode, despite being on the board. <laughs> Um, Dax was Dax was barely there. Was yeah, yeah. Dax was basically yeah. gonna exit. He, he had like two lines. Yeah. But they're not important right now. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah, next week. For real. Um <laughs> some of the clothes in Garrick's shop. I remember you stars, you mentioned it in the in in the watch along. He was saying, What the hell are those outfits? They actually have we actually know what some of them are. One of them is Oh, what you mean the outfits from the Pride Parade? <laughs> yes, yes. One of them is Stephen Miller's costume from Haven, you know, the uh the father oh, of Oh wow Miller. Fucking... One is uh yeah, Sovak's yeah. outfit from Riser from Captain Hop Captain's Holiday. Oh, uh, another one is one of Kamala's dresses from um, The Perfect Mate. So that's what you know. Another fun fact, this is the first episode in Star Trek where no ship named Enterprise is turns up or is named. This is the very first, the first episode. Ship, yeah. Yeah. First, mm, the first time that yeah. no ship named Enterprise is turns up or named. So in the entire history, this finally broke the ship, uh, finally broke the streak of doing that. Um, mm. That's okay. interesting. Best and worst moments. Please, Shy, will you lead the parade? I mean, the, the easy thing would be to pick the the Garrick Bashir moments because Garrick, as we yeah. talked about during the watch along, lifts up uh, Siddick's early season performances mm -hmm. and elevates them so much. But I'm going to go back to what I was talking about before. The scene between Odo and Kira is just so nice and quiet, and they know you 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 feel the history between the characters, even though this is just the second episode. You you feel the weight of that mm -hmm. relationship right right away, right away. And it's just quiet and done. And just the way Odo turns and calls Cisco in for the little intervention with Kira is uh, got just a very nasty. naughty child yeah. here who wants to explain what she's done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Calling your parents. <laughs> so that's the even best. Like that. She's a bit like, mm. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She knows. She knows, she knows she's done wrong. <laughs> uh, um, what is the worst? I mean, I don't know. I, this is a pretty solid episode. So it's mm. the worst has got to be the guest star. You know, 80s hair is, is hard to uh, <laughs> translate to the 90s. Like, it doesn't always uh, get over there. But uh, yeah, he's he's very one note. He hasn't quite decided what accent he wants to use. <laughs> he keeps and he's, uh, like... <laughs> uh, he's lacking in charisma as well. He just doesn't feel like he can lead. I wouldn't believe he can lead a terrorist cell. That's the kind of thing that I have a problem well, with. Well, there's a times like he he turns and this is maybe a director's like the director's failure. Like he turns the camera and he gets like a evil grin on his face. 
It's like he doesn't think he's evil. He thinks he's <laughs> doing right, right? He shouldn't be like grinning maniacally at the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after he's fooled someone. But uh, so yeah, those are my best and worst moments. Okay. How about you, Stars? Uh, best moment absolutely has to be between uh, Cisco and Kira in Ops because, like, it is such a good moment for Cisco where it's um his command style, I'd say, is almost um. Velvet glove, but he's got a fucking steel horseshoe in it, ready to fucking punch you out if he needs to. But he will extend the velvet glove first because he's he's nice like that. He is Captain Benjamin Cisco. He will command at the moment. He is a nice man. Do not fuck with him. <laughs> yeah, do not. You, know, you try and go above my head again. I'll snap you back so fast. And it's like he gives her a chance. He's like he's professional about it, and then he makes it abundantly clear. Um. I watched a lot of Sharp very recently, and it's, it's that kind of command style where it's like, mm. I'm not going to like give, send you any kind of formal inquiry. I'm not going to have it anything written on your record. I'm going to let you know to your face, I will fuck you if I have to. <laughs> and Kira's like, oh, okay, right, yes. I forgot, you're kind of a badass. Um, <laughs> this is Hawk. And it's like, come on. yeah, yeah, you have to, I appreciate the the... These early days of Kira and um, Cisco, where they're working out, they're, they're like two alpha predators, and they're working out um, their territories and where they can push and where they can't. Yeah. And Cisco is very clearly sitting down a boundary of where she cannot go. Um, worst moment, I would say probably since Shy already stole the guest star in general, the fight between Tana and Kira in the runabout. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Right? Is Aww. so incompetently staged <laughs> like imagine telling someone that the reason like we don't know whether or not it would have actually collapsed the wormhole if that bilitrium device had gone off right but imagine telling someone that the future of the bajoran wormhole rested on the fact that kira grabbed a guy's leg and rustled <laughs> it for a little bit and that was enough to make him not hit the button long enough the, the button it's that was so badly framed where she sits as well it was just randomly yeah then why is the torpedo tote I, I can't just hit it from the fucking like the cot the cockpit like like thing like that i don't understand why it's there <laughs> that's really the issue yeah especially yeah. like Trek has a reputation for bad fight choreography, right? You know, like the the double axe handles. Like, you get used to it. It's a case of you don't have time and budget to do proper choreography until later on, or for very specific scenes, like you know, say Way of the Warrior, where you actually have some decent fight choreography. But this was incompetent, even for for Trek standards. It just looked like shit. Um, they could have done just if you if I had seen that in dailies, I would have been like, cool, go back and do that again. <laughs> Make it look he like a fight proper, this like, time. He does probably. Like, he does clock her. Yeah. Yeah. Real like dude, yeah. straight to the floor. So. Yeah. Yeah. But even point. still, just incompetently staged. What about you, Idol? Best and worst. Uh, I'm always happy when the Duras sisters show up. Um, I'm gonna say mm. the Bashir Garrick one, but I think that's universally agreed by everyone. That's the best moment of any part of Star Trek yeah. ever. Oh, so yeah. I will go. I'll go more nuanced, <laughs> and I'll say, I'll say anytime the Duras sisters are on screen, like I kind of mm. love the presence they bring. Um, and you know the alternate, you know. Just shady Klingon sisters is always fun to watch, and like it makes you laugh. They're so they're... trashy. It's they so are. much they fun. Are, they are trailer park kind of valley, valley. <laughs> <Yeah. Klingon, aren't> <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, I just wished, and my worst moment is I kind of wish there was more of them. Really, I wish they had a bit more of a sense yeah. to the episode. <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of yeah. They, they are kind of in the show, and they get away scot free. Yeah. They get yeah, away scot free. Three. 
There's C story. It's very true. They beam out like seven generations, and that's it. <laughs> I think no, don't they turn up in No, by this point they still have to show up in season seven of TNG. Are they in season seven? I forget which one are they in there? For a moment, because they have that moment with um Alexander from the future. Oh. oh and there, there's so that right. dagger of like this is for the, the child I don't have yet. Right. That they are present for that oh, scene. Gosh. So okay. well, they have that and then they're in generations, but the the, the doomsday clock for them is ticking down. Yeah. They are two minutes to midnight. Never mind, but yeah, I'll 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 say that's probably yeah. I, I, you've saw yeah. all the good ones. Like there's there's not much to this episode yeah. other than, than those moments, really. It's very straightforward. It, yeah. it is. It is. It's 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 a part of it. So, so well, since we lean on to it, stars, please give us your rating. Hmm. What am I gonna pick for our rating? Um. Hmm. All right. How many unambiguously bisexual? Um, Kardashian Taylors out of 10 would you give this episode <laughs> mm, go on uh, shy sure um, I think without the ambiguously bisexual Kardashian Taylor in this episode this this episode is maybe like a like a 7 yeah like, but he, he he brings it up to a solid 8 for me like this it, he, he's worth a full point uh that's so good, like how, Andrew Robinson. You know, you, you have this guest character that comes on like he's the main character. Like honestly, if you'd have watched this yeah. episode two and thought, "Well, where's he going to be? Why is he not on the main villain?" Because it, it just works so well. And I think it's probably one of the reasons they brought him back. They just went, "Oh yeah, this this is real good." Everyone likes when he's on screen. Why? When Garrick is not on screen, people should be asking, "Why is Garrick not on screen?" Stars. <laughs> um, I would probably give this. A 7.5 unambiguously bisexual Kardashian Clothiers out of 10. Um, It's a bit stock in terms of its plot structure. Like The opening especially is very, very stock. Like Not the the Garrick Bashir scene, but the, oh, there's a ship in trouble, (laughs) being them out. I've seen that scene 50 billion. I've seen that a billion times in every Star Trek. It's the most stock. we need to deliver our character into the main character's hands and make them like reliant on them. How do we do this? Uh, that way. Um, and then, yeah. Um, and I'm pretty, like I said, the Defiant does this exact same plot, but I think a little bit better in some respects. Um, all of the Bajoran episodes that are focused on the politics and the culture of it that come after this, I feel like go into detail and are better sketched out with better guest stars. So I prefer those overall. Um, I had honestly kind of forgotten this episode existed, uh, <laughs> apart from the Garrett scene in my brain. I was like, "Is this the one with, with, with Garrett with the, the one with the clone?" And it's like, "No, that's the next episode." The next one, yeah. um, but it's 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 pretty good. I I wasn't offended watching it. I was like, "This is a solid foundation for these characters." There's some hokey moments. You know, early DS9 is still finding its feet. It's not firing on all cylinders just yet, but the characters are magnetic. People are giving their all. Like most people are giving their all. Um, and there are enough scenes in here that I'm like, ooh, yeah, I'm invested. But he's like, yeah, 7.5 out of 10 for me. What about you, Idol? You know, the introduction of Garrick, the good Kira backstory, the conversations with fleshing out Kira Nodo's background, interactions with Cisco, 8.5 for me. Like, I really enjoyed this. I think Tanalos mm. lets it down, the back choreography. Like, there's yeah. some points here, but I actually 
like people give early ds9 a lot of like flack for saying oh you'll skip the first couple of seasons but i'm like well actually there's a lot i think that's the stupidest idea in the world i can't i can't stand that idea you you miss a lot of nuance with like especially fleshing out the bajoran's sort of culture and worldview and even a bit of the cardassians as well you get obviously the amazing vaughn armstrong strutting on with his amazing camera work oh yeah (laughs) and his own self yeah how did we not mention him he was like him when this choreography is like like his webcam angle stolen from 1984 (laughs) self-lighting you know zoom profile (laughs) background um but yes no definitely an 8.5 it's high in my books so i can appreciate why people and again i do agree that there are some stock moments in it like there are some tropey star trek parts in them but i i like when they Mm. work um you know it it can be maybe construed as dull but once you like we're watching it it's not entertained like it was was great it's definitely in service of the wider fabric of and it's like you know, I, I was saying, oh, there are episodes that do this better. And it's like, you know, to a degree, they do build on this. Like, for example, the whole circle arc that forms yeah. the back end of season one and beginning of season two. It's very much like, you know, looking back at this episode, it's like, oh, yeah, they, they seeded that really yeah. early. So I appreciate that work, at least. So it's, you know, it's, it's solid. It's the kind of episode where I don't remember it. But looking back on it and watching it, I was like, you know, what? this is a good episode. And I'm glad they made it. And this is the reason why anyone who says you know skip the first seasons of ds9 they they aren't worth it like no yeah that's the stupidest idea in the world this is essential it's all worth even it. if you don't remember it what it establishes about the characters is essential mm. okay that wraps us up thank you everyone for watching <laughs> <laughs> it does straightforward uh, we like it absolutely gotta gotta stop somewhere uh this wraps up our review for uh past prologue we'll be back in a couple of weeks with the next episode which i believe will probably be a voyager or enterprise one so i'm hoping i'll get on the horn with skycap or racing liners and get them on for that um yes. but from now for us if Discovery. you haven't subscribed um, you want to see some of our <laughs> watch watch alongs uh you can subscribe to our twitch channel which is twitch.tv slash trek time and join our discord and you can get a whole wealth of watch alongs and i may release a few for free at some point as well once maybe we'll time them out and i'll i'll get some of the pie that's up there as well um but for now from us uh we'll see you in a couple of weeks uh live long and prosper bye bye <laughs>